You are listening to CEO Perspectives, a podcast by the Conference Board. Hello, and thank you for joining us for this podcast on rekindling U.S. productivity for a new era. I am Lori Esposito-Murray, President of the Committee for Economic Development, the Public Policy Center of the Conference Board. And our guest today is Asatosh Padi, who has recently authored a report on this precise subject. He is North America Managing Partner for McKinsey & Company. He serves on McKinsey's Global Leadership Team and its Shareholders Council. His practice focuses on companies achieving transformation in times of economic uncertainty. He is also a member of the Board of Trustees of the Conference Board. And so it's my privilege to welcome you, Asatosh, to today's discussion. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Lurie. It's terrific to be here. So Asatosh, you wrote that restoring U.S. productivity to its historic rate of 2.2% from the 2005 to 2019 rate of 1.4% would add $10 trillion to the economy. Why did productivity fall so much beginning in the 2000s? So uh, let me perhaps anchor us on a couple of numbers. Uh, The first one is the $10 trillion number, and that's really the cumulative uh, growth in GDP that could happen between now and 2030. If we went back from our current rate of productivity, which is 1.4% to 2.2%. And the reason that that number is so significant is that would translate into an annual household income of like $15,000 per household, which is which should roughly be in comparison about five times the amount that of annual COVID checks that I think households may have received during the pandemic. So that's how significant the opportunity is. That is really significant. That is very significant. Uh, Multiple factors have contributed uh, to this research. And again, just to put this in context, the 2.2% to 1.4% is not just a a 80 basis points drop, but it is almost like a a, 45 to 50% decline is, is the way we would think about it. And there's a number of factors that have really contributed to that research. The first is it starts with talent, lack of skilled labor relative to demand. There has also been a shift uh, in hours to lower productivity service sectors. Uh, We have seen domestic investment that has been stagnant over time. Uh, We've seen lack of competition and potentially uh, over-regulation in some sectors. Uh, You also mentioned digital innovation and it's, it's worth spending a few minutes there. While digital innovation certainly has accelerated, it certainly is a major productivity unlock. We are very much in the early stages of companies, of industries, of cities and states being able to see the full value for it. We also see a lot of differences in digitization across um, digital adoption, both within as well as across cities, states and sectors. And that's a large part of the reason the innovation has not uh, not yet resulted in the productivity dividend that we might expect. Now, that's really interesting, especially since, uh, you know, looking in from the outside, uh, it seems like the digital transformation uh, could have and should have been going on for uh, many years, even prior to this. But how would you think the U.S., how would you say the U.S. compares to other industrialized countries in terms of our productivity over the last two decades? So the uh, U.S., the absolute levels of U.S. productivity are actually relatively high relative to the G7 countries. 
but we also see a similar picture of slowdown in productivity growth that can be say, seen across the G7s in the same time frame. The time frame we're talking about is 2005 to 2019. And many of the countries have experienced uh, point about you know, 0.6 to 1.6 percentage points decline, equivalent to roughly hopping of productivity growth. There is one more place where we talk, uh, where, where, we, where we pointed out where the United States is uniquely challenged, which is declining labor participation. While each of the G7 countries has experienced rising labor participation rates since the 1990s, and that has contributed to a higher economic growth. Labor participation in the United States has actually declined by 4% since its peak in 1998. And therefore, when we look at GDP as the multiplication of two factors, as the workforce participation times productivity, this has added a further headwind to economic growth and must be uh, confronted in, uh, jointly while we, are, uh, while we are accelerating on productivity. So that labor force participation has been going down even prior to COVID-19. Uh, which is very interesting. And then, of course, we had that that shock. Uh, but what are the other challenges to increasing productivity? So uh, the, one of the biggest challenges uh, we would uh, highlight is the talent, is talent. Uh, and skilled talent is absolutely essential to productivity growth. We are going through, uh, as a country, we are going through a phase where uh, we have to reskill the talent base quite significantly for companies that are able to do that, what we see is that for uh, institutions that are able to invest in reskilling the talent, they typically invest about two and a half times more than the typical, but they also see productivity benefits that are significantly outsized in return. Um, and obviously reskilling is a process, not a result. But I think I would, we would come back and highlight just the importance of, the, of having a talented workforce as being one of the most important and acute challenges uh, and also opportunities for us to uh, work towards. And then how closely linked um, is digital transformation in a particular sector to productivity growth? Is there a direct correlation? So adoption of digital does remain one of the strongest uh, explanatory factors among sectors who've grown the fastest versus the sectors that have lagged. The important thing to understand though is that there is a real delineation. When we talk to CEOs, what we find is that, you know, typically seven or eight out of 10 have said that they've made investments in digital, but have not really seen the, uh, the resultant value creation as a result of this. And the difference between the companies that have seen the highest amount of value creation versus not is that they don't limit themselves to the technology. They spend time on talent, on upskilling the talent. They spend time in changing the business processes. They spend a lot of time around the intangibles like R&D and intellectual property. And I think when companies do that, uh, then they start to see outsized productivity growth. That's, it's really interesting where that digital transformation fits into this, this scenario of, of, of productivity. So looking at across the sectors of the U.S. economy, which sectors are showing uh, the greatest promise in terms of uh, increasing U.S. productivity? There are four sectors that are leading, and they're largely one of the biggest factors is really adoption of digital technologies. This includes mining includes uh, information technology, not surprisingly, finance and insurance, and wholesale trade. All of these have enjoyed 
above average productivity and have grown most rapidly since 2005. Uh, except for mining, which has benefited from natural from innovation uh, around natural gas, all of these are among the most digitized sectors in the U.S. economy. And we double click for a second on information, which includes information technology, which includes software, which includes telecommunications. That has been really a productivity superstar. Uh, this sector has averaged about 5.5 points of productivity growth since 2005. And uh, the important thing to keep in mind is that while these sectors represent almost 25% of the US economy, they only account for about 15% of US working hours. On the other hand, you have sectors such as uh, healthcare and, and construction, which employ millions of more people, but have seen much lower rates of productivity growth. So are there any lessons uh, that other sectors can learn from this success? The, uh, the the two the two lessons uh, that really there are probably two or three lessons that we'd highlight. Uh, one is obviously the importance of digitization, but really the full uh, the full playbook around digitization, not just investments in technology, but changing the processes and so on. The second is a continued investment in the talent and the workforce. And uh, the third one is continued investments in intangibles, especially R and D. Um, and as a, as a way to continue to drive uh, productivity. So looking at uh, the country geographically, uh, some states and regions are doing better than others. Uh, which ones are doing particularly well? And again, can the, there are there lessons that can be learned that can be applied to other regions across the country? Or is this mostly a sector's uh, issue? So interestingly, we found that there's seven states that currently lead the way, includes California, Colorado, Massachusetts, New York, North Dakota, Texas, and Washington. And these leading states are both more productive and they're increasing productivity faster than the US average. So both of those things. And together they provide nearly about a third of the nation's jobs and about 40% of our GDP. High productivity sectors have certainly have benefited some states, for example, uh, North Dakota, for example, which benefited from a boom in natural gas, California, which benefited from the uh, benefits of the technology boom. But as we in aggregate, as we look at in aggregate, sector employment mix only explains a small share of the productivity gaps across different states. Uh, instead, both the absolute level of a state's productivity and its growth rate seem to be driven a lot by uh, differences within sectors as opposed to just the sector as opposed to just the sectors itself. And then as a final question, particular firms, how much is productivity growth driven by the firm level factors, which is uh, what you seem to be implying just now in your answer? And what are the, the lessons that are applicable to other firms? So national productivity uh, ultimately has to be driven by companies and the biggest improvements in US productivity will be the result of uh, choices that business leaders will make. So when we looked at manufacturing as an example, uh, we found that the leading companies are about five and a half times most productive than relative to other companies in that sector and that number has grown. And as we look at what, what is it that CEOs can do, it really boils down in, a, in, uh, in our analysis, in our research and experience down to four things. 
The first one is, how do you prepare to win the war on talent? And there are about 80 million Americans today who do not have four-year college degrees, but who can be hired, but who can be hired on the basis of skills. So how do you rethink hiring to focus on credentials and value experience? How do you start to rethink uh, on-the-job training and rotation programs? How do you e expand policies uh, on childcare, on elder care, on parental leave uh, to be able to return uh, top talent, uh, especially diverse talent? And how do you partner with public and social sector organizations? So that's the first thing, which is how do you prepare to win the war for talent? The second part of it is how do you accelerate your business transformation? And that includes uh, what you're going to do on digital. Do you actually commit to not just investments in technology, but how do you complement it with investments in R&D, investment in brands, investment in business processes so that you start to reimagine how you actually do your work? Uh, it implies um, how do you start to rethink how your organization has the, both the flexibility and the capacity to be able to move faster, become more agile. The third part of it is around energy affordability and productivity. How do you actually balance both out? I think starting to look at what does your capital allocation processes start to look like to enable moves as, as uh, more sustainable and, green, and greener technologies come online. And the last part of it is what we'd call is uh, shaping the economic context, which is every company operates in an ecosystem and how do you proactively work with others, whether it's the private sector, the public sector, the social sector institutions to address the local needs and the talent or the infrastructure. And uh, how do you jointly innovate with customers and suppliers to be able to create a disproportionate amount of value? So, Astosh, you've, you have given us uh, some really important benchmarks and uh, goals and objectives on the pathway to productivity, and really appreciate you joining us today. I have to admit one, one um, uh, lesson and, and um, goal that you keep uh, uh, mentioning that stands out to me is, the, is talent and how important talent is uh, in moving forward in, in terms of productivity. And so... Uh, that's a really uh, highlighted issue that's important to learn and important to embrace as we also embrace the other uh, benchmarks you've set as well on our road to greater productivity, which we absolutely need given the fact that our demographics are moving in a much um, aging direction. So thank you so much for joining us today and thank you for sharing your insights. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You have been listening to CEO Perspectives, a podcast by the Conference Board.